Bruce Newberry. The food dude. I'll tell you. I said we're going to go back to some great places. Every taste is a memory, but there are some times when you just have to go back to where it all began. And we all have special, memorable, memorable places. And for me, it was the A&W on Route 7 in Middlebury. Anthony Neary, I cannot tell you. How many hours of my life, my childhood, were spent exactly here, <laughs> looking out yeah. to the uh, to the Green Mountains, to Breadloaf and Musalamu, sitting here with an A and W root beer. It is it's, great to uh, be here. It's great to have you here. It's it's a special place. It really is. And and today, blue sky and sunshine, and it it it, it, it it's just it's the beginning of summer. It's really nice. It, it really, really is. is. Yeah. And it's just like somebody turned a switch, and we went from winter to summer. Well, it's because the A and W is open. That that's it. It was. That's it's the way it works. It's a cause and effect. Yeah, it has something to do with the root beer and the cane sugar and the cheeseburger <laughs> I grease. Think that's I think it. It's, it's like of, the, the, the perfect vortex. Like the, the four food groups of life, <laughs> yes. But I tell you, you're the talk of the, the town for sure, because everywhere I've gone in Middlebury and uh, said, oh, I'm here because the A&W is open. It is? Yeah. So this is breaking new ground for you. You don't usually open no, anywhere near this room. we don't. And last year uh, with the pandemic, you know, it, we became, uh, all of a sudden, uh, curbside became cool again, you right, know? Right, right. And considering that there aren't that many curbside A&Ws left, um, it's like, bam. Uh, and so this year in January, we had, we had so many people ask us, when are we opening? When are you opening? So, Gail, who's the, she's the general manager. She knows this this place inside and out. And she said, you know, we're gonna set it for the first uh, April 9th. We originally said the first week of April, and but with um, supply chain stuff and everything, she said we're gonna set it at April 9th. And I'm like, okay, that seems right. But I don't think it's ever been before May 1st. Uh, That's amazing. As far as I know. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Now. The, the mothership A&W really thinks a lot of this particular location. I've heard you talk about it in the Yeah, past. they do. Uh, you know, it's funny. For years, it was the old A&W drive-ins were kind of like the, the the bastard stepchild. Exactly. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. But um, I don't know but if there was a management chain. Right, buggy. right, sure. exactly. Um, but they, they've they embraced them now. Yes. Uh, a couple of years ago, the, the president... Uh, he took his summer vacation in New England specifically to tour uh, three or four of the old school A&W drive-ins and the one in Middlebury was right at the top of his list and um, he kind of he embraced it and embraced the culture and we are different we're a different operation than the the new A&W's we share a lot of the same products the same root beer of course right but when it comes to letting us use the old logo or or some of the older menu items that they don't they don't traditionally do anymore. Such as, well, I believe I and I don't know the menu items for the for the new uh, franchise operation, but I know that that we have a we have a fried chicken dinner 
Uh, we have we have some like clam strip dinners still. Uh, they let us do a variation. We I don't know. They they may have a veggie burger now on their menu on the the national menu. the national menu. But we had a veggie burger 15 years ago before it was cool. I mean, yeah. well, it was cool because it was Middlebury and it's Vermont, <laughs> and we've been eating black bean burgers for years. There you go. It's like another hidden Vermont go. gem. Oh, by the way, that fried chicken dinner was getting rave reviews here today. Oh my on God. Opening day. Good. Oh man. Yeah, it's it's a it's a new process uh, and. Uh, it's great. We, yes, I've had some of the fried chicken, and I can attest it's good. Although I'm, I'm still stuck on the double cheeseburger. You and me both, and yeah. it, it's exactly like you remember. Oh. It's exactly like you. Remember. Well, it's funny because I, I said to you before you leave, I want you to come into the kitchen, and maybe we can record some of the sounds. But the kitchen hasn't changed very much. Uh, the the place was built and opened in 1958. In 1959. Apparently, they raised Route 7 eight feet really? when they redid Route 7. Yeah, yeah. So, they had to rebuild the A&W and raise it eight feet. So, technically, this is the second story of the original building. Is that right? They raised, they literally raised the parking lot, built the building a second story on it in My, 59 or 60. Yeah. My mind is being blown here because I'm, you know, think, going back in time. And I remember when the speed limit on Route 7 was 60. Do you remember when the speed limit on this no, road was 60? Uh, no. I mean, I now it's it's de facto, but right. that's a whole nother story. Yeah. But once upon a time, the sign was oh speed limit gosh. 60, state yeah. of Vermont, yep. which I thought was the coolest thing yeah. in, the, in the history of the world. But can you imagine driving by here at 60 miles an hour <laughs> and say, hey, I'm in the mood for a bacon double cheeseburger? No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't at all. <laughs> in, in a Chevy, right? Yeah, or right. Oldsmobile. <laughs> I do remember when they added the new what I call the new roof, but I think that was in the early 70s, the, the big yes. the big roof. Um, yes. And that was, uh, there were still quite a few around because I remember um, in high school, it's funny, you know, when everything uh, on the other side of the fence is greener. Of course. In high school, we would go to Rutland to the a I was just going to say, I remember yeah. the one in Rutland. Yeah. It seemed like, oh, that's a fancy one. It was fancy. It had like, it had early, early electronic Remember, order. they had the menu boards, they yes. lit up menu boards and you pushed a button to place the order. <laughs> And you talk to a human being that's, that's on the right. inside. Yes. And we drove from Middlebury <laughs> to Rutland. 40 miles to Rutland. <laughs> and now how, how, how things have changed. 2021, and I just met a group of folks that, that uh, came up from Lake George. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I, oh, yeah. I mean, there was, a whole, there was a whole network of them. We would stop at the one in Keene, New Hampshire. Yeah, the way I've been there, there, too. Route yeah. 12. And then would stop at the one in Rutland. Yep. Or make the pilgrimage down there because we stayed on Dunmore. Yeah. Uh, make the pilgrimage up to this one. How many are left in Vermont now? Is this this it? is it in Vermont. This is it. Uh, and there are actually fewer. I thought there was probably 40 or 50 drive-ins, old school drive-ins around the country because the A&W is really popular in the Midwest. Yeah. You know, I mean, one of our popular items here and has been for years is fried cheese curds. Yes. And you talk about cheese curds, but... But they've been doing that in Wisconsin for 100 years. Sure. So my assumption always was, well, this is kind of a Midwest thing. There must be a bunch of them in the Midwest. But when I met the, the president, he said, no, that there's six that are kind of like this left in America. Six. At, that, that look like this one. Now, there are others. There, uh, I think there's around a half a dozen um, more traditional drive drive-in kind drive of in, seasonals yes. in New England and New York, like nor northern New well, York. Within and sound of our voice here, Anthony, there's the there's one in Greenville, Rhode Island. Okay. That is old school like this one. Yep. Uh, doesn't have the canopy. Right. So it's like this one was in the late 60s. You drive up to it. Yep. And there wasn't even, there's not even the, the kind of concrete 
sidewalk apron that you have here where the car hops would walk down the middle. Yeah. It's kind of like you take your life in your hands. <laughs> yeah, I think this was one of the few franchise people in the late 60s, early 70s that did the upgrade they were probably required. The canopy and the walkway. Yes. Because you're right. You're right. Um, and I think that's, that's maybe what he was referencing because I know that there's... Um, uh, there's a couple of them in Maine. The only reason I know that they exist is because the supply chain, uh, prior to Memorial Day, you have to commit to an enormous amount of product to get the truck to come here. <laughs> I can't imagine that's an issue, though, whatever it well, is. Well, no, it's not an issue. It's just convincing them to come all the way to northern Vermont before they build their their summer route. Gotcha. All right, that makes sense. That makes sense. I, well, I know when we started talking, when it kind of started hanging around up here again, and we started talking about the A&W, uh, started getting calls from all over the place. Oh, I remember this one where I grew up. I'm yeah. pretty sure there's one in, there's at least one in Pennsylvania. Oh yeah. In yeah. like central, west central Pennsylvania. Yeah, I think, I don't know, um, but somebody had told me that they were, they were actually thinking about breaking out what they call the retro or the older A&Ws and getting those franchise operators together to kind of compare notes because be some cool, are more successful than others. A lot of them, you know, didn't, the last 10 years hasn't been very good to most of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so they're trying to, they're trying to say, well, why is yours successful and yours isn't and, and what's going on? And, and although we're in our infancy of opening up and we opened early, so staffing's an issue. Part of the reason why, uh, I think, um, Gail, who runs this operation, really focused on turnaround. I used to love to go to the A&W, but I didn't want to wait an hour for my cheeseburger. Right. There was and always so that perception that it you had was, to wait. It's it so was right. increased the staffing. Uh, we, we, she changed the way things are done in the kitchen, um, sometimes butting head with the corporate office so we could produce the product quicker, so we could turn it around so people that were sitting in their car weren't sitting in their car too long. Now, I say that with a caveat that we just opened and we're probably running at a lag time because we just opened. Staffing's an issue because, let's be honest, well, when, how many high school kids got their first job at an A&W? Well, you know? A lot of people did. A lot. Yeah, and because they were in virtually every town. Right. And you can talk to, a lot of people will, will wax poetic about being 15 or 16 and standing over that grill thinking, I don't know how I'm going to make it through the rest of the day. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Or I never want to look at another cheeseburger. Cheeseburger again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny though, they'll come in and they'll be like, can I just take a peek in the kitchen? <laughs> I used to work at an A&W in Essex and we're like, yeah, go for it. And they're like, wow. And we have a six foot grill, used to be a four foot. Had to extend the counter a little, but they 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 all reminisce about the three fry laters and the four foot grill, and it's, well, it's pretty funny. What's amazing is you know you, you talk about that and you talk about how it was and how Gail's doing the job of bringing it up. Not every place can do this. Not everybody can do this, and you know the woods are littered with people who said, "Oh, I can sell yeah. root beer and have people pull up." There was an A and W where I grew up in Taunton, Massachusetts. Okay, and it was very much like this one. It met, you know, met the fate that many of them, most of them met. But a guy took it over and said, oh, I can, I can do this thing. I'm yeah. going to just take it over. I'm going to put my name on it. So it was Henry's. Right. Henry's is not there anymore. No, no, I can, I can drive by uh, probably five places in my head that I know were A&Ws. And uh, 
you know, you have that discussion, especially when you're operating with a franchise, and they 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 can be heavy-handed. And there have been a few years. Um, I wasn't involved in it, but I know my father uh, and Gail made the decision to just stand head, you know, toe to toe with the franchise people and say we're not giving in on the bean burger or we're not giving in on this or that. And um, but a lot of the things they bring to the table are definitely worth it. I mean, and now we sit here, the, the root beer is, I don't care. You can say there's something, there's a special taste of the root beer. Yes. They have the coney sauce, the papa sauce. They yes. ha- and, and then when they come out with uh, a new fried chicken and you're like, this is amazing. It, the, this <laughs> breading is great. You know, so they they have, the, 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 the actual A&W has been bought and sold by a number of groups. When Yum Brands owned them and Yum Brands mm. owns Kentucky Fried Chicken right. and Taco Bell. Yep. We were thinking, great, our chicken's going to get elevated. But I don't know if that actually happened because, you know, they had, yeah, their horse was hooked up to the Kentucky Fried right. Chicken. So then it was sold again, and it seems like menu development has gone way up again, yeah. you know. And so it is a combination of being able to operate something efficiently and identify what your customers are looking for and know your lane and do well in it. Well, that's it. And then, but also have a good, a good product behind you. And I have to say, I... The, the guys, uh, the people running the A&W corporate, um, they've got a great product, and they and uh, and and now that they've kind of embraced the retro, it's like it, it really is a. That's a, a what great it is. Thing. Retro is cool. Yeah, and that'll that'll well, take you a long way. We fought long and hard. If you notice, most of the uh, logos on the shirts and the hats and everything, it, that's the actual 1948 logo. Is it? And it's officially now called the retro. It's you're able to use it, but for years you, if you used it, you were in violation. Oh yeah. But now they have an entire retro line. They've embraced it too. So uh, I think they see that they should they should not try to bury the past, but embrace it. You got yeah. it absolutely, yeah. and it's as good as it ever was here. Maybe better here at the A and W in Middlebury. Good luck this season. We're we're All excited. All the best to everybody. Thank you. And thanks for stopping by. Uh, thanks for thanks for having us here today. Wouldn't miss it. Great. Bruce Newberry. The food dude. Ted Tomlinson at the Outback at the Spank Puppy. Tim O'Connor, chef. <laughs> you will get the applause. <laughs> Is it true that since the last time you, that you were on with us, you had that written into your contract that whenever your name is mentioned, you get applause? Absolutely. Yes. Good. It's in the contract. Good, good, now. good. Well, it's great so to don't, see. don't say his name for the rest of the whole. <laughs> <laughs> great to see you back out here. You know, I have to ask you about this lasagna. And just because you just lit up when you were talking about building it. Well, first of all, we have our secret marinara sauce. Now, the last time you shared your secret of those noodles. When you build it, you build it with the, you don't cook the noodles. Yes. As long as you have hot, hot marinara sauce, you build it throughout there. You, you don't have to cook the noodles. Yes. That way you're not going to overcook them. Yes. Right? Exactly. And they come out perfectly. Exactly. So then we have the marinara. So we have the noodles and then marinara? You put marinara down first. Yep. First you spray the pan. Okay. A little marinara, yep. noodles, a little bit more marinara. Then you put your uh, blended ricotta cheese in there. And basically that's just blended cheese, with Parmesan cheese, uh, ricotta cheese, mozzarella cheese. Mix it up with egg, with salt and pepper, and a little garlic. Yeah. And, uh, Oops, there's the recipe. There's the recipe. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We're not giving any quantities, though. So we don't, you know, it's so all you right. You put more sauce good. down, you put your noodles down, and you put your hamburger and your sausage in there. Sausage? Sausage. Yes. 
The sausage we use, it's a rope sausage. It's yeah. a sweet Italian sausage. Yeah. Um, it is the best product by far. I mean, I, I've grown up... Noticeably different. It's oh, absolutely time. incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I got this product... From a buddy of mine, yeah. actually, he's he's referred to as a spice man. The, the spice man. The spice man. Spice man. Well, who would know more about <laughs> sausage flavoring and spice than the spice man? But even though it's not a spicy sausage, it's a sweet Italian sausage. It still has some spice in it. And, but the flavor is just unbelievable. Absolutely. Is it? It's a fresh sausage. It's not cooked. Correct. Correct. Wrong. Yeah. And the spices that are inside. I mean, there, there's the meat quantity, everything, and how long it. So it's kind so of I'm thinking, so so tell me what's tell me what this what you're tasting what you taste when you taste that sausage because you, you had to at some point have tasted that sausage before you used it as an ingredient what did it taste like? fennel was the first thing that jumped out at yeah. me that's the first thing that jumped out at me was fennel there you go it's the sweetest sausage and there are herbs and spices in it it's just yeah. it's so flavorful and it just enhances that lasagna big oh, time and, and there is it is noticeably sweet not in a sugary way, but right. there's fennel, there's but oregano, it, it, there's basil. Sweet, but in, yeah. an, in an herbaceous kind yeah, of absolutely. way, right? It's yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, mellow. So let's bring, let's bring the spice guy Oh, the spice guy's here. <laughs> Bernie the spice guy. <laughs> let's bring the spice oh, guy. Oh, now we got to put it in your contract for applause, right? too. <laughs> Bernie the spice guy. Good to see you. Hey, good to see you, too. <laughs> How are you doing? So Fantastic. So now you're a man of spice, and... <laughs> <laughs> So you know, he's the spice of our lives. Now, can you can you actually take a dish like well, like like a sausage, and break it down and say, okay, there's this in it, there's this in it, there's this in it. Are you are you like a wine taster? Uh, I'm not a sommelier, no. <laughs> but can you, but no, you I, can tell I have a very good uh, appreciation of many many spices, probably more than the average person, because I've yeah. tasted them. Some I don't like, honestly, and I can tell if it's in an item and I don't think it belongs there. There you go. But yeah. I mean, that's but, that's but, all a sommelier know. does, right? You know, it's yeah, not yeah. that it's not that uh, sommelier doesn't just drink what he likes anymore. No, but they I'm, do have a lot more fun than the spice guy. <laughs> I don't know about that. Spice, you look like a fun kind of a guy. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so what's in this sausage? Well, everything like Ted mentioned, certainly, probably like a cracked fennel that he's tasting in there rather than like a whole seed yeah which is nice would it have been would that fennel have been toasted or would it be would it have just been fresh do you know can you tell that um certainly dried but i don't know if they okay dry. It or not. well that's that's yeah probably but enough. it's a, just a really high quality sausage and i tried it and when i came to tim and i said hey i got a really good price and a really nice product and he ventured to try it and then he wanted more right away and he these guys cooked it. And yeah. It's great on a sub, too, or yeah. in, a, in a recipe or whatever. It's just really nice stuff. Really so good if, quality. If you were to cook it, any any of you guys, if you were to cook it outside of the lasagna, what would you do? Would you just fry it up, saute it, to put it in a like to put it in a sandwich? I would saute it lightly. Yep. And then throw it on the grill. Yeah. Let the grill take care of it. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, absolutely. So would you saute it by itself or would you put something else in the pan? Saute it by itself. Saute it by itself, yep. just to yep. kind of brown it up, caramelize it up. And steam it so you don't burn it. Yep. Brown and then sides, put it on the grill. And then throw it right in the grill. Ooh, that sounds good. And that's just sausage. Then you got your onions and peppers and your onions, whole, whole, peppers, whole, whole grain. There you mustard. Go. Yes. How's that wrong? So I think Ted actually described it the best. He said, when people who have kind of a high end palate and people who are just kind of regular people can both 
find something special and, and taste this and say this is really something special, then you've got something. I think that's always the mark of any truly well-made product. And I, anything high quality. You know, Hill Farmstead beer. If you don't have a sophisticated beer palate, their beer is delicious. And if right. you have a very sophisticated beer palate, it's still delicious. Yeah. Uh, which is why I think spices are so important. We, You know, Bernie was the man of, of the myth. You know, kind of the legend. You need the spice guy. And... Uh, you know, I was starting out. I didn't think there was one difference in another, but it's it's massively different. And just some of these elements that go into these recipes, you know, oh, yeah. they, our, our Cajun seasoning, it just sky right. It's, it's incredible the difference in that flavor. The Jamaican jerk seasoning that we well, you use know what? Let's is take absolutely one. incredible. Let's take one because we've been talking about this a lot. And uh, let's take the Putin gravy. Sure. All right. <laughs> now, yeah. Now that's a whole special profile of spice and sweet. We got to say this right because when the border lifts and we we anger the wrong Canadians. <laughs> so we can we're somewhat protected now that the <laughs> the border is good. So we got to keep on the right side of the Canadians for their poutine. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, well, it's a really high quality mix, okay? Um, but it's authentic stuff. It's from Montreal. Yeah. It's one of the products I buy directly from Montreal from the manufacturer. I'm the only distributor in the state of Vermont with that, and it's just an excellent quality. And the, there's no um, there's no match for it out there. All right. I mean, even even trying to make it yourself with your own beef gravy or your own turkey and beef gravy can't do it. It just they can't do same. it. And we tried it. You we tried try. it. You Everyone mean, tries, but they don't. Can't. They, they always come back to this. And it's product. a consistency. What is, what is what's in it? Well. It's proprietary, but it's... Uh, well, I don't need quantity. Well, it's probably a combination of different... Fla- between flavors and, you know, extracts. Okay. I, I would say that... Beef and maybe pork. And um, Are there, it's hard to say else. The really, consistency really. with the flavor profile is... What makes it? You know, a, a, a beef gravy is thicker. Yep. Putin gravy is thinner. Yep. Um, it's also for in the in a professional kitchen. It's also very forgiving. You can reheat it. You know, True. if it sits too long, you can reheat it. It's gonna come right back and still be really good. Does Putin and the flavor? It basically comes down to yeah, how good the flavor incredible. is. Yeah. You, can't, you can't duplicate it. By the time you put the cheese curds and you top it and. I mean, it's just you just know what it is. Tasty. Yeah. yeah, it just this is it's this tastes like real poutine gravy. gravy that yes. Yeah. Yeah. I hear exactly. so many compliments about our poutine French fries. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's absolutely incredible. They come yeah. here just for that. Yeah, it's the real cheese curds. First, you get your French fries, nice right. crispy fries, right? It's your hand punched. Yep, hand punched fries. Yep. fries. Um, so you put them in the fryer, three fifty. After we've already blanched them, put them on a the plate. Put your cheese curds on there, then you put the gravy on here. Yes. Reason being, it's going to melt the cheese curds quickly. It's, it's not going to burn the cheese yeah. curds. Yes. And it just, it's just so perfect. again, you you get yeah. the you get the kind of steps and the building blocks doing your work for you the way that you did with the lasagna noodles. Correct. Absolutely. You're not yeah. you're, you're almost not disturbing Mother Nature. And the what big about these guys? You know, what about these guys, Bernie? And I'll, I'll ask you, and Chef, I'll ask you too. You know, we there was just a there was just a Putin challenge down in Rhode Island. I heard you talking about it on the radio yeah. <laughs> in the French yeah. Canadian era. And all yeah. that. Well, I don't know if you heard some of the some of the restaurants and people that uh, got were in on it, but some of them really got after it. One place was using venison gravy. 
Really? Yeah. <laughs> so what about that? I mean, how fancy can you get with, with poutine and poutine gravy? Uh, well, if you go to Montreal, I mean, it's a source of pride how good your poutine is up there. So, of course. Uh, as far as what you see in Rhode Island and venison, I honestly don't know. <laughs> I can't. I, I, I've never heard of that yet, but I mean, it why wouldn't it be to, good? Why wouldn't it be good? Back to the Ted table at the Spank Puppy with Ted, Chef Tim, and the Spice Guy. Why wouldn't it be good? It would seem you know? to be. It would seem to be a more intense flavor because yeah. you've got a more kind of a more intense meat flavor, not a game flavor so much, but a more pronounced meaty flavor. Now I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but I feel like maybe the elegance is in the simplicity. You know, these are now turning into highbrow foods that never were highbrow foods. Right? Never intended. Never. Not, not at all. The French dip is classic. The French yes. onion soup is classic, which the base we get from you, Bernie, sure. which these bases, I'm sure we could get. Uh, the bases that we get from you are absolutely incredible. And every chef, you know, the, the value in the product is in the, in the quality of the base. But these are, if you could just do something simple well, That's why awesome. gild the lily? Absolutely. Know? So... Yeah. So let's talk French onion soup. Sure. It it might be it might be Putin's French cousin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little similarity. Right. Right. Well, yeah. Um, now again, that's another it's another manufacturer for this particular item, but okay. So they come out of different places. They do. Okay. Yeah. And um, I mean, this is a really good beef base, and I mean, there's a lot of things that Timmy has to do to make that French onion soup taste like. Spank Puppy's French onion soup. Well, sure. But the base is literally the base. It's a good foundation of really strong beef flavor. And to do that, you need a good, good base. It's a meat first on the ingredient list. Do you? Yes, yes. Actually, that's uh, when we first met. That was beef. The first thing you mentioned that jumped out. It's not water. It's not salt. It's beef, which is on the ingredient list. How important that is. And then they really do make it with beef bones and they make a yes. concentrated stock and yes. then they have to add things to you know give it a consistency for a chef to scoop out and use yes but it's extremely high quality the one i carry i only carry one and it's all the same i, I don't carry any second tier quality for a cheaper price i have what i have and that's it and that's it works it. standards gotta I've have never the standards. had a complaint on it in and the quality i years. I, Tim could back me up on this. Something you had mentioned, Bernie, was it's extremely forgiving and a high quality product that is forgiving. Is yeah. you don't need something you that need you have to babysit like for an a, extra five minutes or something. It's not going to be. It's not temperamental. Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Forgiving is key. Absolutely, yeah. and that's it. Just speaks to a high quality. You can really. You could really beat on a Mercedes. You could take care and baby a Mercedes, but a Mercedes is always going to be a Mercedes. Excellent point. That is a, that's we a worked great. out this recipe. This recipe's been here for four or five years now. It's a very basic recipe. It's simple. No, I'm not going to give out the recipe. Yeah. <laughs> is there... Now, what about... Is there wine in that? Oh, yeah. There's... Red the one. French onion. Red yeah, one. getting kind of personal here. Red <laughs> one. Absolutely. Just Absolutely. the spices. The, the home fry season that that Bernie brought us to, and I can't even begin to talk about blending because I don't know enough about this. Which is, thank right. goodness for you, Bernie. But that home fry yeah. season is something so. To me, again, you know, as we, we were trying to tweak everything, I didn't think there was much difference. And then yeah. you try it, and it's. It's sure. incredible. Absolutely. Well, now, you would know this, Bernie, and Chef, you would know this, too. When you have a list of ingredients, 
is the idea that if any one of those ingredients was missing, you'd know it. I mean, I think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, and and as we as you said, we're not talking salt here. That's no, not you know. No, no, you need salt though. You but, do. Um, yes, for um, a number of reasons. You know, any good blend, it needs to have good color. It has to have good flavor, and it has to have consistency. Color. It has. Didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. color is important. It has to be. First of all, it's freshly um, blended because what they these guys don't even realize this, but they everything I bring them, I turn my inventory twice a month, so nothing's been sitting in the jar for a year and a half. It's fresh. Wow! And that makes a difference too. That's a big difference. I mean, every, anything that might be in there from paprika to it, it's my recipe, so I can't tell you. <laughs> but it's it's all really blended custom to order i mean i literally have a, a spice packer that works so close with me I, they don't ha, they don't even blend my stuff till i order it wow it's packed after i make the call so and i've seen it in operation to verify that so and it makes a difference i mean and and so even if it does sit once it's in the back of the restaurant it, at least it came to them hot off the press yeah i think and, and like we talked about a grocery store earlier Go look at the spice rack and the McCormick section of the grocery store and see that see how much dust is on there. Yeah. <laughs> and then look at the price for an ounce of like cinnamon. And then I got teriyaki. Say that again. Not. Say that again. <laughs> I ordered the steak tips. Yeah. And the teriyaki is good. And the Jamaican jerk is good. It's from you. And the Cajun's from you. The Cajun. My wife got the Cajun chicken. And I think I I like what you just mentioned about the dust on the shelves in in the supermarket. I've found better luck shopping for spices when you go down the ethnic. I think it's a better price. And to me, and I don't have that refined of a palate, I think it's a better product. If you go to some of these gourmet where you're spending $6.99, $7.99 for a... And what's the ounces on? Two ounces, three ounces on if that. that? If that. And there's but, dust but you on don't, it. You, sure, you don't know. Like you said, I, I didn't even think about this, but of course, you don't know when it was ground. No. You don't know when it was packaged. Right. You you know it has an expiration date on the back of the jar. Sure. But that could be five years from now. It could, Who knows if it's been in the jar already have, for two years. Yeah. You which means know. it's going to have some stabilizers <laughs> in it. Yeah. Or You can't tell until you taste. Sure. Once yeah. you taste, you know, the likes of your spice or some of these recipes that we've been talking about, and you say, wow, this, oh, yeah. this is so much yeah. better. It's what it's supposed to taste if, like. If you, if you opened up a container of allspice out of my inventory, the aroma would just knock you over. Yeah. It's so powerful. In a good way. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And we yeah. noticed that with the Jamaican jerk. We were getting a, just sure. a standard Jamaican jerk from just a, you know, one of the big guys. And uh, smelling the new Jamaican jerk was just a punch. And, Not uh, to mention the, the just the appearance of it. Yeah, it's got nice color and it's just it looks good and it smells good and it tastes good. Which is something I've and never it, thought about was was the look of you know somebody orders the steak tips. Steak tips are you know brown or something like that, yeah. but you got to see the bright red of the Cajun on well, it. Well, like the steak seasoning you buy. Yeah, you can't get any better. Everyone got. Onto the Montreal steak seasoning. Well, I buy mine from Montreal. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's the yeah. actual so Montreal there, steak these guys, seasoning. These guys, yeah. you know, they don't call it Montreal steak seasoning up there. They call it steak, steak seasoning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's outstanding. I can't do it. Where did it start? Do you know? Uh, no, I don't. I Well, I mean, like the you company can, you I can buy from has been back making to it one for, or two places. Sure, yeah. But can you do the same thing with the, with the these? steak blend? The company that I buy it from swears they invented it. 
Now they could just be fibbing. Was it? Was it? <laughs> but they've been making it for fifty years, so maybe yeah. maybe they did. But they was didn't it notice that all of a sudden everybody everybody started chef? coughing at like yeah. And you can look at again just on this the seasoning we get from you you can look at it and you can put some in your hand and there are whole kernels and yeah, cracked sure. salt yeah. and you know cra- yeah. Yeah. there's something there you could yeah. open it up and pick it out and you can say okay yeah. these are the ingredients in there versus yeah. something that just comes off the shelf it's just kind of bleh, you know right. the magical spice man the magical spice man the magical spice man I never forget when uh, Ted first uh, went out there and Bernie opened up the van it's like a kid in a candy store. I know, it's oh, true. For sure. He shows up in his oh, mysterious <laughs> van and opens it up, and it's just nothing but spices. Too bad I didn't bring it to you. <laughs> Next you time you're here, leave. tell me. I'll bring the van over. Absolutely. And I'll sell you some. Yeah, that's right. Smell. You can, you can, uh, you can pay right. for my lunch by buying products. <laughs> and we'll just shuffle, shuffle it over to Ted here. There we go. <laughs> Food dude, Bruce Newberry. 